Percy, how important is it for someone with cancer to avail themselves to all the treatment options available? Well, the fact of the matter is, my friend, is that if there is a new or better way to treat one's cancer, everyone should feel empowered and encouraged to pursue a healthcare partner who will provide that treatment option to them if available and appropriate. Mm-hmm. And that is an important thing because a lot of people still struggle with, do I second guess what has been said to me and do I seek a second opinion? I think today we should talk about this a little bit more. We will, and we'll meet a career police officer who felt like he was drowning when he first was told he had cancer, but then he found a plan B. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. And welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Pastor P, are you ready and buckled up for this program today? Listen, man, I'm getting ready to jump out the airplane, and I'm ready to take some air, brother. Let's do this. <laughs> well, we're not going to ask you to do that, but uh, we are going to meet a very special uh, law enforcement officer, a, a career officer really here today, who uh, had a cancer journey of his own, and we'll learn from this gentleman. Indeed, we will. He's uh, unbelievably upbeat and wonderful, and he's going to help us to understand that, you know, he needed to find a second opinion after being given some initial information, and he's going to empower listeners today to understand the value of pursuing a second opinion if you hear something that does not resonate with you, mm-hmm. and the key to that is finding a healthcare partner who will be willing to give you additional options and plans if available. Well, let's talk about this matter of second opinions. As a matter of fact, we'd like to hear from our listeners about this matter. Uh, you have a question you'd like to put to our listeners. I do, and that is this. Have you ever felt uncomfortable? Our question for today says, have you ever felt uncomfortable with an initial diagnosis and sought a second opinion? Again, have you ever felt uncomfortable with an initial diagnosis and sought a second opinion? And I think that this is a reality for a lot of cancer patients. Mm But the question is, have they felt empowered and comfortable enough to say, "Mm, I appreciate that, but I'm going to go somewhere else and seek some additional information. And so with that today, this is going to drive the conversation. But we want to hear from you if you've ever had if you've ever felt uncomfortable uh, with an initial diagnosis. And and did you need to seek uh, a second opinion? Please give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear your feedback. Yeah, you can do that at healthhopeandinspiration.com when you click on connect healthhopeandinspiration.com to answer the question. We certainly have every right to seek a second opinion. I mean, it's our body. It is. And I tell people this all the time, and I I hate to use this phraseology, but it's important. Uh, Again, remember, you are the consumer at the end of the day. So you have a right to pick and choose wherever you want to uh, pursue your care and medical treatment. So you are not under uh, the, the, the direction of anyone specifically other than that which makes you comfortable and that you have access to. So remember, you're in the driver's seat at the end of the day. Yeah. 
That's the question of the week, and we'd love to hear your response. Have you ever felt uncomfortable with an initial diagnosis and sought a second opinion? Answer at healthhopeandinspiration.com. While you're at the website, you can also download our free resource this week, Four Things Every Cancer Patient Must Do. Very helpful resource. Four Things Every Cancer Patient Must Do at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, just before we meet our guest here today, I see you have your Bible open to Isaiah. Yes, sir. So Isaiah 43, our spiritual nugget, and again, the groundwork which we will build upon this conversation from starts in verse 1, and we'll read verses uh, 2 also. But now this is what the Lord says. Who's talking here? God is talking. So uh, when he speaks, we need to listen. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Uh, Verse two, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And this scripture really is is, is building off of the statement, and you'll hear it in just a second, uh, that the interview here, uh, you know, uh, our, our friend is going to tell us that he felt like he's in, he was initially mm-hmm. drowning yeah. when he uh, heard the words that he had cancer. And I want to remind us today that though we may feel like we're drowning, God is not going to allow us to drown based upon this scripture right here. All right, we're going to roll that interview in just a moment. But if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix, they take an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, hey, 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 I am back with another show and another guest. And today we have Mr. David Clark, who is a 40-year law enforcement officer uh, who was diagnosed with stage 3A lung cancer uh, back in November 2017, uh, treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Chicago, and then ended his active treatment February 2019. And as of today, is considered and listed as uh, no evidence of disease. And we thank God for that. And so today, welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. David, how you doing? Well, thank you, Reverend. I'm, I'm great in Ohio. Well, as uh, the introduction stated, um, you were diagnosed with third stage lung cancer. And uh, 
You receive chemotherapy, radiation, and immunotherapy, which is one of the newer uh, pathways of treatment options that are available to cancer patients today. And we're thrilled about that as we continue to accelerate uh, the ability to treat cancer more efficiently and more effectively. uh, You have participated in that type of therapy. But I want to go back to the day, my friend, when you were first told that you had cancer. Where were you and how did you feel? Actually, Reverend, I, I was at work, uh, working late in the office, and I recently uh, had a uh, CT scan of of my chest because they were watching this little lung nodule that I've had for several years. Yeah. And uh, the local doctors here, uh, every six months, would would do a CT scan. It was uh, didn't appear to be cancer to them at that time, mm-hmm. and uh, it was very small, but it just was not calcified and that was a concern with them Uh, and i thank god for the docs to keep an eye on it and i actually got a ding in my chart that my recent ct scan was back and reverend when i opened up that email i saw this awful uh you know i saw uh carcinoma Mm -hmm. uh, cancerous Mm -hmm. lymph node involvement um I, I was I was stunned, yeah. And I didn't know whether to call my wife or my kids or. And actually, the first thing I thought of that came to mind uh, was Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Actually, oh, okay. And I just got online with them and was talking to the online person, whoever that might have been. Yeah. And. Uh, he said, Hey, could I call you? And he called me and honest to God, Reverend, it was like, uh, I was drowning in an ocean. It, it felt like I was thrown a life preserver from this man. Wow. And he put me right back into perspective. Uh, he calmed me down. He said, look, we're going to get you here. We're going to have the docs take care of you. Uh-huh. Just have your faith in the docs here. And, uh, we're going to get you rolling. And about a week and a half later, I was found myself in Chicago. <laughs> so you, you get this news. Um, and as as is the case for many cancer patients. Yeah, there there's just a it's almost hard to describe the feeling that can come over you when you first is, that, when, when you first hear that it just washes over you and you, you need to process that, obviously. And, and you do that. You hear that. You process that. You eventually have a conversation, certainly with your your wife and your kids. Sure. Um, you know how did your how did your family uh, react when when you told them that you had cancer? You know they were, um, you know they of course they were very concerned. Sure. Um, um, I've never seen my adult son cry before, but he he cried that night. I broke the news that it was the following night. I got the family together, but. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty much cancer is such a scary word Yeah, and, it is. um, but you know, in, in this journey and I realized that cancer is no longer a death sentence in this day and age. That's correct. Um, and even though I won't sugarcoat it, cancer is a very dangerous disease, but they have so many different ways of fighting the different types of cancers that I've discovered um 
I just think it's absolutely amazing what the research and the new drugs that are out there that will help people get the confidence to know that they can beat this disease. Yeah, you're right. And and as mentioned in your introduction, one of those newer pathways that the cancer community is extremely excited about, first and foremost, cancer is not necessarily a death sentence. Uh, the death rates of cancer has decreased precipitously uh, over the years. Uh, we sure. have uh, we have research that, that, that continually shows us the progress that's being made. And one of the things uh, that you did is, is immunotherapy. Let's talk about I think one of the things you said to me, the way that you described it, you said it was like drinking a glass of water. It was in terms of, I guess, the ease and in which you were able to receive that therapy. Let's talk a little bit about that to educate somebody that's listening today. Sure. Uh, when, uh, when the chemotherapy and the radiation did work, for the doctors were pleased how that worked yeah. in shrinking the tumor. But then they were going to remove the upper part of the lung. But one of my little lymph nodes that were uh i had four or five in the chest that were malignant initially and there was one in there that was still malignant so they could not safely remove the upper part of the lung okay but the surgeon says don't worry your your doctors have a plan b which was immunotherapy yeah and i guess it's a man-made um i guess it's administered in iv and it strengthens your own immune system Correct. to unleash on the cancer that might be active in the body, the way I understand. Yeah, yeah, your own healing powers of it and strengthening uh, your immune system. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, and, uh, it's an amazing uh, pathway that is being utilized for many today. So absolutely. Oh, the doctors were, they were so thrilled about this 21st century way of fighting cancers with immunotherapy. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, it was an hour-long infusion, just like chemotherapy. Yeah. Uh, and when they unhooked me, and I, I would drive back, back to Ohio, actually, and it, it, it didn't make you tired. It didn't knock you around. It didn't make you nauseated, yeah. anything like that. Right. Um, the particular drug I had, they said about maybe the third or fourth administration of, of the uh, immunotherapy, sometimes it might attack my thyroid because it, it doesn't quite know if it's a good thing or bad thing in my body. Okay. So they, they noticed it was attacking my thyroid uh, and they gave me a, a just a little over-the-counter uh, prescription pill to offset that. And then my body, uh, I guess they said, would... would uh, then identify that the thyroid was good and it would leave it alone. So, and, and that's exactly what happened. So, um, so it sounds like I, that you I, had a very favorable clinical experience. And I think it's important for people with cancer to hear that or people potentially who will be diagnosed with cancer because a lot of people obviously are afraid uh, of, of, of ha- hearing about having cancer, but maybe even more afraid about actually the possible treatment options of cancer. Yes, I was, I was absolutely thrilled uh, uh, with this immunotherapy, and I had to do that every 14 days for a whole year. Okay. So I would I would leave Ohio on the 13th day, <laughs> and it's only a five-hour drive, and I would get here at the hotel. I'd report 8 o'clock to do the blood work, give me my immunotherapy, and they would unhook me, and I would drive back to Ohio. Um, and I, I think that... Uh, 
at the end of that year of immunotherapy, there was no more malignant lymph nodes wow. in my, my chest. Wow, praise God. So I think my body responded so well to that treatment that it, it kept everything uh, and got rid of it. So I was amazed, actually. I was, I'm still, I'm still dumbfounded by, uh, you know, getting that big CAT scan when you're done with your, your yeah. treatments and they cannot find any malignancy anywhere in your body. I was absolutely thrilled. Well, we celebrate with you for that. That is awesome news, my friend. And uh, no greater news that a cancer patient wants to hear than to say, hey, we, we see no evidence of disease. Uh, I remember the day when I heard that, you know, as well. I'm an early stage uh, one colon cancer patient. And, uh, you know, so. Well, sure. Yeah. So when you hear that, it's 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 like it's music to your ears. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you had and found a favorable pathway of, of clinical treatment uh, that really was effective for you. You you mentioned to me and you and you stated it even uh, earlier about uh, when you first called and spoke to someone uh, at CTCA. Uh, again, you said it was like a lifeline that was thrown out to you as you were literally, you said, drowning uh, in, an, in an ocean of fear and, and uncertainty. Uh, how was your environment experience at CTCA? How did that make a difference along with your clinical medical care? You know, I I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, it was my first bout with me having cancer, but sure. uh, when I was uh, got picked up at the airport by uh, uh, the drivers from from transportation at Cancer Treatment Center, I was in the vehicle with a man from Dayton, Ohio, mm. and he had he had late stage pancreatic cancer, and they tried surgery, but it, it, he told me it failed, but he was coming all the way to Chicago for for comfort care because he was in the last stages of his life. And I thought to myself, Reverend, now they've got uh, places like that in Dayton, Ohio, sure. where you could go in for hospice or comfort care. Yep. But I thought, what would cause a man to travel with his caretaker all the way to Chicago? Yeah. Uh, for that care. And I thought I'm headed to the right place. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he told me how much he loved the doctors and everybody there, but it was his second family. Hmm. And that's, that's how I felt when I first met my doctors and the pulmonologist and the radiologist and the internal medicine people, I was just astounded by that that care they gave you um i didn't really consider myself as a number it was more of i felt like i was the last person on the planet <laughs> when i was there and it sold me from that first day i walked in i knew i was at the right place reverend well that is so exciting to hear because we know and everyone knows or should know your environment and and how you feel in that vi- environment and how you are treated in an environment Certainly makes a difference, and so uh, privileged, oh. privileged, and honored to hear that. That is for sure. It was a huge. It was just. I just knew, and I looked at my wife, and I said, "I'm at the right place." And nothing against the other doctor or hospitals in the country, because uh, I know they do their best. Sure. Uh, but sometimes you just find that special place. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's what I found there in Chicago. Well, we call it the mother standard of care. And, and, and what, oh, what that basically exactly. means is how, you know, how would you treat your mom if you were taking care of her? You'd give her the very best loving uh, kindness and, and attention that, that you had available to, in your powers. And that's what we attempt to do for sure. So I'm glad and, to hear uh, that. Good. They hit that on a scale of one to 10. It was a 12. Okay. <laughs> well, that's so. good. That's good. Let's talk a little bit about your faith. You're a man of faith, and you know this is a faith-based audience that listens to this show. How important was your faith to you during, particularly in those early, at that early time when you felt, as you said, you know, uh, that you were drowning in in an ocean of fear and uncertainty? You obviously pursued good clinical care, as we uh, encourage everyone to do. But also, you have an element of faith that that on some level kicked in and and helped you. Let's talk a little bit about the role of faith in your life during your cancer journey, my friend. Oh, Reverend, it was huge. Um, I met with our, our, I'm Catholic, so I met with our parish priest. Yeah. And, uh, but when I got to the center, I knew that they, uh, they had, uh, uh, they had spiritual care there as well. And I met with, uh, uh, the Reverend, I think there was a deacon there and, uh, that is correct. And anyway, I was, I was, we had the one-on-one sessions and it was, it just restored my faith. Oh, praise God. Um, and I, I struggled, you know, with being human, Yeah. um, you know, thinking that, yeah, you know, death was inevitable. I, you know, when I, when I first researched that and I Google MD, don't ever Google MD, mm. uh, a lung nodule with a, uh, a 15 year smoker, uh, back behind it. I might as well just dug my grave at that point. Gotcha. But anyway, gotcha. Um, I was, uh, it, it was, it was, uh, it was the thing I really needed. And I would rent a car on the weekends when I was there for the chemo radiation initially. Yeah. And I would go to the area churches there yep. and go for services. Yep. And I found a, a chapel that, uh, wasn't far from, uh, the cancer treatment center. And when I walked in, it was that you knew you were in a holy place. And it, it just, I just sat there in silence inside the chapel and every fear and anxiety just left my body. And I thought, you know, I, I I just put my trust in God um, and let him direct my future. And, um, and it restored my faith, uh, immensely. Uh, and then I got the, the confidence with the doctors and with God himself. And I thought, we'll let, we'll let God work it out from here. And I just left all my anxiety up to, up with him and my prayers. And, um, uh, and actually when I was there, I didn't, you know, I would, I would go to the malls and, and walk to keep up during my chemo treatments. I would, yeah. I would keep walk to keep my strength. And, you know, I never thought that I had cancer when I was doing that. I, <laughs> uh, and until I got back to the hotel and said, Oh, that's the reason I'm here. I'm, I'm getting treated for cancer kind of a thing, but, right. um, that mind can really play funny tricks on somebody. Yeah. So yeah. don't let that, your mind play funny tricks with you is, is, uh, you just got to have faith in your God and faith in your doctors and just, they know how to fight it. You just let it up to them. Well, as, 
as that as you are speaking, I could I could just feel the relief and the confidence that that came along with the environment, along with your medical team and treatment plan and then your faith in God today. Today, how are you doing and how are you feeling now, my friend, as of this recording? I'm doing phenomenal. Um, Good. I uh, other than that first couple of weeks I was at cancer treatment center, I would I would come home and I um, the way they administered my chemo and my radiation. Um, I had very minor issues with either. Um, yeah. I never missed work. Okay. When I got back to Ohio, I, I would work uh, uh, most of the week anyway. And then I, depending on where I had to go for uh, immunotherapy every every 13th day and yep. had that couple of days in between. But I never skipped a beat. <laughs> and so um, I just, um, I just, I just think that uh, faith and the doctors and everybody uh, all form into one. And you just got to have confidence in both. Well, let me say that we appreciate your journey and your story. And I'm sure that someone was encouraged today to hear uh, where you've been, you know, the path that you traveled and where you are currently. I thank you, sir. And I salute you. Because at the end of the day, you are now another one of those who can say that I've been there, I've done that, and I've got the T-shirt to prove it. Uh, Everyone is not dying from cancer. As a matter of fact, more and more people are living and thriving and surviving today with cancer than any time before. You have heard from David Clark, who is a 40-year law enforcement officer, and he received his treatment uh, of chemotherapy, radiation, and immunotherapy You guys need to go look that up and make sure that you ask your doctor about immunotherapy at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Chicago, uh, diagnosed November 2017 and ended his active treatment February 2019. And today he has no evidence of disease. Well, Reverend, it's been an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you. Thank you. the, The people with the podcast and getting that message out there that cancer is no longer a death sentence and and just... Uh, hang with your family, hang with your faith, and, and it's going to be all right. Our thanks to Percy McRae for bringing David Clark's story to us here today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. We learned a lot, didn't we? We'll talk more with Percy about that interview in just a moment. After I remind you that the Cancer Center for Alexa Skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. The skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To access this tool, you or anyone you support can simply say, Alexa, enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device. And of course, you can also access this tool on any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. The Cancer Center for Alexa skill. Well, Percy, before we talk uh, any more, I think we need to talk about what is immunotherapy that came up in the conversation today. Absolutely, because we're going to hear more and more about this uh, form of treatment that I think uh, everyone should be aware of. And so I'm going to read specifically right off of the American Cancer Society's webpage. 
uh, it talks about immunotherapy and it says this, that immunotherapy is a treatment that uses certain parts of a person's immune system to fight diseases such as cancer. This can be done in a couple of ways, stimulating or boosting uh, the natural defenses of your immune system so that it works harder or smarter to find and attack cancer cells. And then secondly, making substances in a lab that are just like immune uh, system components and using them to help restore or improve how your immune system works to find and attack cancer cells. In the last few decades, immune therapy has uh, uh, become an important part of treating some types of cancer. And so the takeaway is this, that uh, for those that are listening, make sure that you ask your treating physician or oncologist about the possibility of the option of, of treating with immunotherapy. It has now become a very widespread conversation that, that apparently is working well. And of course, all situations are unique and individual, so make sure that you speak specifically with your uh, healthcare provider about that as a possible alternative for treatment. Yeah, it's an amazing technology, and it illustrates the advances that are being made in cancer treatment, doesn't it? It does. And as I've said many times on this platform, again, going on 30 years, almost 30 years I've been doing this, which is amazing in and of itself, is that immunotherapy was not part of a conversation when I first started this at all, uh, working in the healthcare uh, field, particularly with cancer patients. And so, yes, we continue to see advancement and acceleration uh, with regard to techniques and, and ways to treat cancer. And as it was stated by David, which I think will be appropriate, uh, it helps us to be able to change how we see cancer because cancer is not necessarily the death sentence that it once was because of the advancement of technology, diagnostics, and treatments like immunotherapy. And so uh, Cancer Treatment Centers of America certainly uh, utilizes that when appropriate as well. So make sure that you have a conversation with your healthcare professional about the possibility of immunotherapy to treat your cancer. And we were talking earlier about the importance of sometimes looking for a second opinion. It certainly worked out in this case, didn't it? It certainly did. And again, we encourage everyone if in doubt and when in doubt, go get a second and if necessary, a third opinion. Uh, I'll say it this way. At the end of the day, you only have one life to live. And so before you go to general hospital, we want to make sure that you stay pointed to the guiding light. And so having said <laughs> that, you have a right and you have a resource that allows you to say, listen, I'd like to go get a second or a third opinion. Uh, you are not beholding to anyone other than yourself. So at the end of the day, you have one life to live, and it's yours. So make sure that you do your due diligence. I can't let that go. Are those soap operas still on the air these days? Hey, they, I think many of them are, my <laughs> friend. So I'm aging myself a little bit. What can I tell you? <laughs> All right. And we're so grateful for the guests who come along and join you. Uh, you bump into people all the time in your role at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and they all have stories to tell. And I just love the fact that you get to sit down and talk with them. Well, I'm a blessed man at the end of the day, as I've often told people, and I take ownership of the fact that, you know, uh, I'm the cancer pastor. I pastor and have ministered to cancer patients, and they have unbelievable stories. They're unbelievable people. They have unbelievable lives. But in many cases, Wayne, as you know, and you've been you know, you've been broadcasting a long time, how many people took a platform and said, we're going to talk about cancer and we're going to highlight cancer patient story stories to encourage and 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 enumerate 
elevate this subject. Well, we've taken ownership of that, and that's why Health, Hope, and Inspiration is here. So I'm blessed and I'm fortunate. Yeah. Okay. Now, help us out by answering this week's question, if you would. Have you ever felt uncomfortable with an initial diagnosis and sought a second opinion? Mm. Percy, let's talk about how we utilize the answers that we receive. Well, we read them. I certainly read all of them, and they also help to generate uh, topics for other shows that that we do in the future. As you know, Wayne and I sit down and we do a fireside chat about every four or five weeks, and I'm stimulated by certain things that I get back in response. So please provide feedback. It helps me to think through uh, subject matter that would be relevant to this audience and germane. But we also read those responses because we want people to hear uh, what you are thinking and feeling. And then thirdly, it is a way for us to interact and engage with you. We we want to have a relationship with you as much as possible, and that gives us a way to do that. So all of those three uh, dynamics come as a result of you responding to our questions. Please do so. Uh, we look forward to it, and I read all of those responses accordingly. Yeah, you're so faithful in listening to this podcast, and uh, we have many, many listeners all, all over the place, and we are so grateful for you. Why don't you take just an extra moment and answer the question this week, if it applies to your life. And we'd love to hear from you. Again, it's very simple. Go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on connect and you'll have a little box appear there that you can type in your response. And Percy will see that then. Mm-hmm. Healthhopeandinspiration.com. Also, don't forget the free resource there at the same website, Four Things Every Cancer Patient Must Do. We try to make these printed uh, resources just as helpful and practical as possible. Percy invests his life in providing this material. Let's uh, make use of it. Four things every cancer patient must do. Let's go back to Isaiah before we wrap up today. Absolutely. And remember, you can download those resources free and share them with anyone. Again, that's the point of the exercise. So please do utilize that. Isaiah 43. We're going to close the way that we began, my friend, Isaiah 43. And with that, it says this, uh, verse 1, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, he who formed you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. I love the fact that God says he's taking ownership of who we are. I love it. I don't want a lot of people to own me, but I want God to own me. That's for sure. Amen. And verse 2, he says, when you pass through the waters. Remember, uh, David Clark said initially, he said when he was first told that he had cancer, he felt like he was yep. drowning. Yep. And that there was a life raft that was thrown to him that helped pull him up. Well, we want to be reminded today, and I want you to be reminded that when you pass through the waters, the scripture says that I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Today, be reminded and encouraged. Just because the flood comes doesn't mean that you're going to drown. As a matter of fact, another scripture tells us this, that when a, when when the flood comes, that God said, I will raise a standard against it. So again, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I will raise a standard against that flood. Today, uh, take high ground in God and, remember, and re- be reminded that you are being buoyed by his love and by your relationship because he calls you by name And he says that you are his today. And so God bless, take care, and be encouraged. Awesome. Just great. Thank you, Percy. That's Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing and passing the word along about this podcast, pretty unique podcast, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And Percy, we'll talk again next time. All right, we're swimming in deep waters, but we're not drowning, my friend. So remember, we have work to do 
So keep chopping the wood. And thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.